Thanks for listening to the Sugar Hill Church Podcast. To hear more sermons and to find out more about our church, please visit SugarHillChurch.com. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and grab them and find the book of John. It's the fourth book in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. We've been there for a few weeks uh, as we're continuing and completing this series called It's Complicated. Uh, By and large, this series came about as Hector and Bobby and I were praying about our our teaching series throughout throughout the year. And and we came to this conclusion that by the time somebody, a couple, a person, a student, a child, an individual gets to my office, eventually every problem they come for for a counseling session ends in some kind of statement that sounds like this, but Chuck, it's complicated. We're different. Our problems are unique. And you know what I found? that In the grand scheme of things, all of us at some point in time, life has run over us and flattened us. I mean, haven't you found that to be true? I mean, at some point, something happens, it's out of your control, boom. It's like, what, do we, what in the world? I didn't see that one coming. I mean, I, I got a call yesterday, one of our church members, who told me that their neighbor, 44-year-old fellow, dropped dead of a heart attack Friday night, leaving three young kids and a beautiful bride. And, and the statement was, you know, they, they visited Sugar Hill Church three weeks ago, but you know, we... We don't know where he's at spiritually. And Monday I'll, or Tuesday, I'll preside over a funeral with a casket in front of me, and my job will be to comfort a family and minister to a family and try to care for a family that doesn't know where dad or husband is today. And life has flattened them and run over them. And my guess is there's not a single person in this room that some point, someday, somewhere, life didn't run over you. Now, maybe you're here today and, you know, you've recovered. Uh, money's good. I'm cruising. But I've learned, you know, eventually life's going to flatten you again. The Bible says it rains on the just and the unjust. You know what that tells me? We're either in the middle where we're just about to get flattened, we just got flattened, or just coming out of being flattened. It reminds me of a cowboy out west years ago. He was riding down a trail, and he turned a corner, and he saw a Native American Indian scout laying flat on the ground with his ear to the road. The cowboy stopped and said, dude, you you okay? Hmm. What are you listening to? Wagon come by 30 minutes ago. Two horses. One gray, one brown, two people, man, woman, man with beard. Cowboy's like, dude, you you learned all that by listening to the ground? No, wagon run over me 30 minutes ago. (laughs) Sometimes life just flattens you, doesn't it? Well, you know, in, in today's teaching, what we find is a guy that life is flattened. And all of a sudden, Jesus comes in and takes the complicated and simplifies it. And let's see what happens. In John chapter 5, beginning in verse 1, here's what the Scriptures say. By the way, I'm reading this out of the New King James Version. Um, uh, If you have a NIV or a a message or a King James or 
you know, something else, the English Standard Version, which is what I typically preach from, it may read a little differently, but I, I, I chose the New King James because of its specific text. Here's what it says. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now, there is in Jerusalem by the Sheep Gate a pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, having five porches. By the way, if you're going to the Holy Land with me in June, we'll go right there. We'll see the five porches. You'll, you'll see it. You'll stand right there. Uh, in these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. Now a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years. And when Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he already had been in that condition a long time, he said to him, do you want to be made well? The sick man answered him, sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I'm coming, another steps down before me. And Jesus said to him, rise, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed and walked. And that day was the Sabbath. Now, you might say, well, why is that last passage in there? Because, see, the the Jewish church leaders, the Pharisees, had a rule that you couldn't carry your bed. It's like a pallet, you know, like a roll-up pallet like you take to the beach. They had a rule that you couldn't carry it on the Sabbath day. Now, Now, keep in mind, Jesus has just healed this cat who's been sick for 38 years, and the church folk are mad because he's carrying his pallet. The Greek word for that is stupid. Can you imagine being ticked off because somebody broke your rule when you just saw Jesus heal this dude? I mean, that just blows my mind. All right, now, watch this, though. I mean, this is pretty interesting. Life clearly has dealt this guy a traumatic loss. Life has clearly flattened this guy. Life has dealt this guy a bad hand. I mean, I, I know that experience, don't you? I mean, haven't you been some day somewhere where life just came through and flattened you? Your spouse said, I don't love you anymore. Your kids just went off the radar. You lost your job. You heard you had cancer. Your spouse passed away. Your parents disowned you. You're broke, you're hurting, you're alone, you're weary. That's this guy. And he's sitting by the pool, and as as the story goes, the Bible doesn't get explicit with it, but apparently an angel would appear and stir these waters around these five colonnades. You'll see them, they're, they're not big. And when the water would move, as rumor had it, if you got into the pool quickly, you got healed. Well, clearly what had happened was this guy's been there a long time, and he's surrounded by people in need. I mean, it, 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 probably, it, it probably just stinks. It's ratchet. It's just awful. And, and as, they, as, as, as they're all around there, they're waiting for the water to stir. Now, I, I imagine waiting for the water to stir to be kind of like seeing the, the advertisement for the diet pill that says, if I take one of these and walk for three minutes a day... I can eat Krispy Kremes and lose 20 pounds in a month. Don't y'all love those? You don't have to work out. You you don't have to watch your diet. Just take this pill. Boom, on it. I'm waiting for the water to stir, right? 
But you know, if you've been sick for 38 years, you want the water to stir. You're there waiting for the water to stir. And when it does, you're not well enough to get up and go. Everybody else is beating you to it because you can't move. And then Jesus comes in. And there he is, emotionally, spiritually paralyzed, sick for a long time, laying on his pallet day after day after day, waiting, hoping that someone would come along with enough compassion to help him into the water when it began to stir and the healing power was there. And the Bible doesn't give us all those details, but when Jesus comes by, here's what he says, do you want to be healed? Do you want to be whole? Now, now don't miss this. Literally, in Jesus' Aramaic language, what he said was, do you want to be whole? Do you want to be healed? Jesus isn't specifically talking about his ailment. He's talking about the condition of his heart. Do you want to be whole? Now watch this, because this is really a big deal. What Jesus is saying is, do you want your mind, your body, and your soul to be in line with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit? Do you want to be interconnected in wholeness so that you might possess a peace that passes all human understanding? If you're with me, not. You with me? He's not specifically talking about just his ailment. He's talking about his condition. And so Jesus says, do do you want to be healed? Do you want to be whole? Wholeness. I mean, to be well. Spiritually, it's more than completeness or fulfillness. Wholeness in reality, in, in all parts, that's everything that's needed, are present and harmonious and right relationship with the other. All of you connected to all of God, whole-hearted. Now, Jesus is saying, do you want to be whole? Do you want to be fulfilled? Do you want life more abundant today? And do you want it eternally forever? Now, there have been rumors the, the brother of my mother's cousin's son was blind and he got in the pool and he's healed. But now the Jerusalem CIA can't find this guy, but I've heard rumors that it, that it could happen. So we're hanging out at the pool. We're waiting for the waters to stir and in comes Jesus. Now this guy, when he answers, I mean, if you've been, if you've been, if you've been crippled and lame and ill for 38 years, we don't know how long he's been there, but clearly Jesus said he's been there a long time. If somebody comes by and says, hey, do you want to be whole? Man, you might answer like him too. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to, but I, I can't move fast enough. Can you not see? I'm, I'm sick. He doesn't know who he's talking to. You see, I think what happens often is Jesus comes by and taps us on the shoulder and says, hey, do you want to be made whole? Hey, do you, do you, you want me to do a great work in your life? Hey, would you like me to draw a line in the sand, give you a new heart and say, you know, your past is past, but you can have life more abundantly today. You can have it eternally forever. And all you've got to do is just say, yes, I want to be whole. I want all of you. But we're kind of like this guy. We're waiting for the waters to stir and we can't get there. fast. Somebody else got there. Obviously, this guy had to rely on the kindness of strangers to help him. And clearly, when the water stirred, nobody was helping him. They were looking out for number one. And so, as as the story goes, when Jesus says, do you want to be healed? I know what I'd have been saying. Duh. Yeah. Hit me up with some of that. I I need a little healing. But his answer is is baffling. Well, 
they, they can't help me. And Jesus watches him lying there, and he knew he'd been there a long time. Now watch this. Jesus saw him. Listen to me. Jesus saw him. You ever had one of those times in your life where you felt like you were all alone, nobody saw you, your problems were yours, and there was nobody there to help? You're alone in this fight. Jesus looked deep into the crevices of his soul and saw him. It's like when you drive downtown and that dude is standing there with a sign and he's got a bucket and he's asking for help. And you look over to your wife, you say, honey, just don't make eye contact. Just keep looking forward. Don't don't make eye contact. Don't look at him. You look at him, it's 20 bucks. I promise. Don't look at him. So what do we do? You know, guy's standing there with a sign. I need help. Right? I mean, that's what we do. This is, that's what this guy's used to. This guy's used to nobody's making eye contact. They know I'm a mess. They know my life is in the tank. This is not cool. And Jesus walks in and looks at him. He doesn't avert eye contact. I mean, he looks right at him. Sees deep in his soul. I wonder how long it had been since this guy had had anybody just look at him that way. Wait a minute. There's something different about this guy. There's something different about him. So when Jesus says, do you want to be healed? He saw him. I mean, no wonder this poor guy feels like he has to defend himself. I mean, nobody's wanting to help him, but he doesn't know. The man he's talking to was the man who was going to give his life for him, shed his blood for him, be buried for him. Then, three days later, raised from the dead, push the rock away and go to heaven to sit by the Father to create a home for him and all those who would believe. He didn't know that yet. He, he didn't know that what he was about to hear, pick up your mat and walk, he... He had not heard anything that fresh in a long time. I mean, how many of you go to a restaurant and say, you know what I'd really like? Could you bring me some stale bread? You know what I really like? I'd like some stale bad water. You know what would be really good? If you'd bring me some rancid soup. You know, we, we like stuff that's fresh, don't we? I like fresh bread. The kind when you put butter on, it just oozes down in there. When you take a bite, it drips off your chin, stains your shirt. Boom! Right now, you thought, what am I going to eat for lunch? (laughs) And right after that, you thought, would this guy just shut up so I could go eat? I like things that are fresh. This guy must have heard it and thought, dude, that is fresh. Now... It's a good question Jesus asked, so it's a big question. Would you like to be healed? Would you like to be whole? What would that look like for him? What would that look like for you? If Jesus came by and said, hey, would you like, would you like to be whole? Would you like to connect body, mind, and soul with Father, Son, and Spirit? Would, would you like, whether things are good or whether things are bad, would you like to be whole? Would, would you like to put your life together and have it in abundance, to, in abundance today and in eternally forever it's an appropriate question jesus asked and if we're sincere and serious about being whole it's one we have to consider being in harmony and in balance in christ alone you see jesus opens the door not just for this man jesus opens the door for us and he offers the same opportunity he did this guy at the pool he didn't even know he was looking for jesus yet jesus intentionally seeks him out at the pool jesus asks him a question and then jesus heals him he says stand up take your mat and walk now listen this is important the man didn't demonstrate any particular faith before this 
and he didn't demonstrate that we know of any particular gratitude afterward. He's a little bit like us. Hey, it's Sunday morning. We're going to church. We're trying to find a new church. You know, we're trying to figure it out. Hey, we go to church. What we do? And Jesus is tapping you on the shoulder and say, "Would you, you want to be made whole?" But don't miss this. When we talk about God's love, when we talk about God's grace, when we talk about how God loves us all without hesitation, when we talk about how we're called to reach out and help people who need help, do we really mean this guy? I mean, don't we really mean the guy who lives at Wild Timber and has a big job and he can tithe a lot and drives a Beamer? Wouldn't you rather have that guy? I mean, that guy, that guy can give big money. That, that guy can be influential. That, don't we want that guy? But Jesus went to the guy who was in desperate need, and he said, do you, you, you want to be whole? You see, that same Jesus walks along through these aisles and taps you on the shoulder and says, hey, you, do you want to be made whole? Would you like to be made whole? And this guy, as we all know, he lives among us. I mean, he's, he's Sugar Hill Sam. He's right here. He's here during the week. He's asking, he's seeking, he's wanting. The man at the pool, well, there are a lot of folks who probably thought, he doesn't deserve this. He doesn't deserve to get, all he's ever done is sat there and needed help. He doesn't deserve this. This guy didn't even ask for help. That was unmerited favor. That was God's grace. Did he deserve it? Well, if he didn't, I doubt any of us do too. Because there wasn't anything he could do to deserve God's grace, God's love. And Jesus saying, do you want to be whole? There's nothing he could do to to earn Jesus' unmerited favor, forgiveness, and healing in his life. By the way, you can't give enough. You can't go to church enough. You can't be good enough. You can't earn it. Jesus taps you on the shoulder today, just like he did this guy, and offers you the same opportunity. Jesus didn't heal that guy because of who he was. Jesus healed that guy because of who Jesus is. I mean, watch this. Jesus doesn't heal us because of who we are. He heals us because of who he is. He reaches out to us, calls us into health and wholeness of God's goodness and his grace, not because of who we are, not because of what we are, not because of where we live, not because of what we have, but because of who he is, period. You say, well, that, that means I qualify. Why, yes, you do. Well, that means I, I could have that. I, I could have peace. I could have fulfillment. I could have contentment. I could have that wholeness. I could be one with God. I could be right with him. And if you answer yes to the question, do you want to be made well, then stand up and take your mat and go do something with it. You see, the, the problem is that might take us on a journey that calls us to be an oasis to help somebody else. That that might call us to be on a journey where we become the rest stop. We go help people sitting by the pool in Bethesda to folks in our community who don't deserve it any more than we do. That's God's grace at work. Walking with Jesus isn't simple. It isn't easy. It's this journey that leaves us at times uncomfortable, fearful, anxious. We can't necessarily prepare for it But we certainly can't sit poolside and wait for it because he's here right now. He's walking by you saying, do you want to be whole? Do do you want to be right? Do you you want 
You want life more abundantly today and eternally forever? And if so, he's waiting on you right now. And you say, well, Chuck, what do I do with that? Well, there's three kind of people in this room. There's, there, there are people in this room who, for, for the first time or maybe for the last time, Jesus is tapping you on the shoulder. Don't, don't be like that, 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 that guy who passed away Friday night and don't know. Maybe he gave his life to Christ when he was here three or four weeks ago. I don't, I don't know. But don't, don't have somebody like me stand over your funeral and try to encourage a family and wonder, where am I at? Am I, am I going to heaven or not? Am I, am I satisfied? Have I done what Jesus asked me to do? Did I want to be whole? Because there's that person here today that there's plenty of you who ought to say, this prayer should be your, your heart. In a minute when we sing, this ought to be your prayer. Jesus, come into my heart. Give me a new one. I got a text earlier that Cecil had gotten that new heart and he finished up the surgery right at the end of the 930 service and they'd stitched him up and he, he'd received a brand new heart and it was pumping and it was working. Some of you just need to draw a line. You need a new heart. I'm done with all the other junk. I, I need wholeness. And you say, Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Come live in my life. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Some of you just say, God, I need you. I want to turn my life around. I don't want to live for me anymore. I want to live for you. I need you to come take over. You need to settle this. You need to do it today. Well, there's a second kind of person in this room. The second kind of person is, you know, Chuck, I've settled that in my life years ago. But the fact of the matter is, there's not anybody who knows it. Because the way I'm living, nobody's going to know that I've, I'm all in. Nobody's going to know I've surrendered my heart. Nobody's going to know that Jesus touched me by my pool. But I'm done with that. I, my life is, is going to look like it from now on. And there's a third kind of person in the room. You know God came by and tapped you on the shoulder. You know Jesus gave you wholeness. You know God cleaned you up and gave you a new heart and gave you a new life. But you've never shared it with anybody ever before. And, and right now, God has, has given you a picture of somebody in your mind. So I need to go tell them. I need to bring them to church. I need to share with them what God's done in my life. And all three people, my prayer for you today is that you'd recognize the same Jesus who walked by the pool at Bethesda and looked at that man and said, pick up your mat and walk. The one who broke all the church rules at the time, but said, but I care about your heart more than the rules. That same Jesus who cares more about your heart than the rules of this church or any other church who cares about you, wants to give you wholeness, wants to give you fulfillment, wants to give you abundance, wants to give you eternity. Say yes and pick up your mat and walk. And in the name of Jesus, say, I'm moving forward. I'm drawing a line in the past.